With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. You know what that means when we are in the regular season or the playoffs. The Bucks happen to get there. That means we are previewing the next upcoming matchup for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, this season has been a battle of the Bay. They went to the Bay Area to play the San Francisco 49ers. Now they're going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Their first trip to Lambeau Field since they went there in 2020 for a quite memorable NFC Championship game that left Bucks fans very happy after that one but this is a new team a lot of different players on each side of the football so we're gonna break it all down i'm your host matt matera join with me is sr scott reynolds of pewterreport.com scott how are we feeling looking at this matchup between the bucks and the packers that is important yeah very very multiple levels for the bucks yeah, it really is, Matt. I think this is going to be not just the battle of the bays, but really the battle of who's healthier, right? This is yeah. this is like an attrition game. Welcome to December football. The playoffs are also on the line. The most important statistic might not even be a numerical statistic outside of how many players are on the entry report, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's really what this boils down to is there's a lot of banged up Buccaneers right now. There's a lot of banged up Packers. And, and as we saw really on Monday night, Against the New York Giants, the Packers' three-game winning streak was snapped. It was. And and maybe part of that was due to Tommy DeVito with his cutlets. Hey, oh, oh, the chicken palm. Yeah, maybe it was part of that. But it might also have been due to the fact that the Packers were without, uh, we can call him wide receiver one, Christian Watson. Uh, running back uh, one, Aaron Jones. Linebacker one, Quay Walker, and cornerback number one, Jair Alexander. So those are four big names right now. The Buccaneers last week, they were without Jamel Dean. I think Zion McCollum's actually played better than Dean, right? They were without Vita Vea, right? And without Devin White, but I think K.J. Britt, who was on the graphic at the start of the show, has played better. But, I mean, imagine uh, no Mike Evans, no Rashad White, uh, no Levante David, right? And uh, and no, say, Carlton Davis or Zion McCollum, whoever, right? That's a tall order for any team to have yeah. to win without those, without that star power. And now add into the fact that in that game, 
Jaden Reed, who scored a touchdown on a reverse, um, suffered a concussion, and he might be out of uh, this game, as well as uh, Dontavian Wicks, who is really one of their four top wide receivers. There's, there's no Devontae Adams in Green Bay anymore, but they've got four receivers that kind of any one of those guys can step up and star, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the headliners are Watson, Jaden Reed, the rookie who you and I both liked up there at at the Senior Bowl uh, out of Michigan State. The other guy is Romeo Dobbs, who leads the team in touchdowns with seven, kind of a red zone weapon, mm -hmm. and then Wicks. Um, so it really might come down to who's going to play in this game. I think the Packers are are optimistic that Jones could be back. That gives Green Bay that one-two punch with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Dillon's the le leading rusher only because Jones has missed so much time this yeah. year due to injury. But uh, it really might come down to just, you know, which team has more stars out there because we'll get the injury report in a few minutes. But there, there were a lot of banged-up Buccaneers. And right now there's a lot of banged-up Packers as well. That's Aaron yeah, Jones. Yeah, there really are. And, yeah, to your point, Aaron Jones has only played in seven games this season. So you can only imagine. And the Packers can still run the ball very well with A.J. Dillon. They've yeah. had over uh, – the run game is going to be huge in this game. We'll dive into that a little bit yeah. more. But the Packers, the last couple of games, have gotten over – 100 rushing yards, but they've also allowed over 100 rushing yards in a yes. lot of their uh, most recent games. But it actually reminded me, Scott, when you were just saying, like, imagine the Bucks playing without Mike Evans and Rashad White and things like that. We saw that to a degree last season when the yeah. Bucks played the Packers. Now, let's remember, again, completely different game. It was Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady starting a quarterback for the right. teams. That's right. clearly not the case this season. But if you remember... That was early in the season. Chris yeah. Godwin was injured again, and he did not play. And Mike Evans got suspended That's for the right. fight that he got in against the Saints. So while the defense still was relatively healthier at the time in that game, the offense was extremely shorthanded at the time without Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So Russell Gage was your de facto number one wide That's receiver. Right. That's Tom right. Tom was your two guy, and Rashad White wasn't even the starter. It was Leonard Fournette at the time and just a completely different looking team. So we have seen that before with the Buccaneers. Great point. Um, and I think the, the Packers definitely suffered from that um, in their game against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. But um, to all the injuries about the Buccaneers, we'll tell you about them. But we'll also have Todd Bowles tell, tell you about them too. Yeah. Uh, Will Golston did not participate Godwin, Ryan Neal, Vita. Um, should be two or three more in there somewhere. Um, Carlton. Uh, probably a couple. Probably two more. I'm probably missing. Which was injury specifically? He's got a leg, he's got an ankle, and a knee. Okay. Uh, some of them will be game time decisions. It's probably half and half. That's some of them that's hurt, and we'll see how they trend during the week. Did he practices this week? Could be back, or, or do you move forward with with KJ right now? Well, hopefully, he does something tomorrow. But you know, until he gets better, we got to move forward with KJ. And it's early in the week. We'll see with two weeks off what he does toward the end of the week, and kind of go from there. Kind of what Zach's dealing with, and then where things stand for him this Sunday. And he's another one that didn't practice today. He's got an elbow. Obviously, you know, when the long snapper gets an elbow, it's a problem. So. We put him on the practice squad, and we'll see where Triner is during the end of the week. And, you know, if he can't go, then we're going to have to bring him up. 
a couple things to break down in that video. Once again, Todd Bowles lying again. Uh, Will Golston has two legs, two knees, and two <laughs> ankles, and Zach Triner has uh, two elbows. So okay. once again, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a couple things to break down in that. First of all, so many names on the list. Todd Bowles couldn't even think of them off the top of his head, which I don't blame him. When there's so many guys, and you're up, you're live, and there's cameras in front of you. Yeah. Um, not surprised that <laughs> he couldn't remember every single person. Um, it was a walkthrough today for the Bucks. So guys like Chris Godwin, um, like I saw him out there stretching, doing a little something. Maybe he didn't necessarily participate, but at least he was out there. Um, when he was talking about subbing someone out for KJ Brett, he was obviously talking about Devin White and yeah. said, you know, we'll wait, we'll see, we'll see. And then, yeah, they got a little situation at long snapper right now. Zach yeah. Triner, their long snapper, has a bit of an elbow injury. So they did – um, sign a another long snapper to their practice squad. Um, he his name's Evan Deckers because I kept wanting to call him Eric Decker, like the former wide receiver that played for the Broncos and the Dex uh, and yeah. the Jets. But uh, Evan Deckers with an S at the end. Um, he was with the team in the spring, so the Bucks do That's have right. some familiarity yeah. with him. Um, one of those things. Long snapper you never talk about because you never want to talk about the long That's snapper. Right. The only time you're talking about the long snapper <laughs> is, um, you know, a situation where it's not working out. So, yeah, we'll, we'll it's see a bad snap. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the biggest ones, obviously, Vita Vea, once again, um, was not out there at all. Uh, same with Devin White. So, yeah, like you said, war of attrition, Scott. Whoever's going to be healthy first or healthier going into the game uh, may make the biggest difference, at least for the Bucks. Like you said, KJ Britt has been playing or played pretty well yeah. in last week's game, and the Bucks were able to survive without Vita Vea yeah. in the middle. And I think that's something that they can point to for this game as well. Don't get me wrong; the Giants have a pretty good defensive line they got uh Kavion, Kavion Tibido, Thibodeau uh yeah. on the outside he's a great pass rusher I believe he has 11 sacks this season so doing a great job in his second year and they got uh Leonard Williams along the defensive line so as much as the Giants have struggled this season they do have some players you can point to and say oh wow they uh they're a little more formidable up front than you could imagine but they got after after Jordan Love yeah they really did on Monday night's game they took him down multiple times which is partially why he had a really, really poor game, his worst game in, in uh, several weeks. Yeah. And so, um, obviously, you want Vita Veyer for back, but another opportunity for Kalijah Canty really to uh, flex his muscles a little bit. We do have a super chat from Eric Moreno. Thank you for the $5 super chat, who says, Godwin seemed fine at the end of the game, so I think he plays. Vita Veya, I think, plays. Davis, I also think, plays. I'm not sure on Golston, Dean, and White. Um, yeah, I mean, Carlton, I think, once again, was more of a precautionary thing. Now, I yeah. say that with a grain of salt, or take it with a grain of salt, because there have been times where Carlton has practiced all week and then just doesn't play in the game. Uh, but he's coming off a really good game. He had that interception that set the Bucks up with the touchdown. Yeah. Remember, earlier in the year, he's dealing with a turf toe injury. That's something that will kind of flare up at any moment so mm -hmm. it's one of those wait and sees with, with carlton davis because one week it can be feeling pretty good the next week it's agonizing um but ac across the board the bucks are uh pretty banked up yeah no for sure i i see some people here in the 
in the comments uh, ripping bulls for not knowing who was was out there at the same time it's a little confusing because it is a walkthrough right yeah. so everybody is in their jerseys some are just not participating there on the sidelines as opposed to guys on thursdays are going to have shells or shoulder pads yeah. on you know and helmets and then the guys who aren't practicing are going to be you know in a ball cap and just a jersey so this is a team that did have nine players on the field <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Exactly. So um, they, they do have a hard time counting, I guess, over there to a degree. So um, Eric Moreno, appreciate that uh, chat very much or that super chat very much. We have another one here from Vice, $5 super chat. Will Chris Godwin's wife make it so Mike Evans doesn't see the ball again this week? Um, I don't know that that had anything to do with it. I, I really think going back and, and watching the film, there there were plenty of times where Jesse Bates would roll over the top of Mike Evans. This is a guy with five interceptions. You got to take Bates seriously. And I will say this in, in these two games against the Buccaneers, the Falcons safety extraordinaire, Jesse Bates, who again leads all safeties with five interceptions this year, including a pick six. He's got three forced fumbles. My opinion, Antoine Winfield Jr. And Bates are the top two safeties yeah. in the NFC. They should both be in the pro bowl for sure, but finally got on the balloting. Yeah, <laughs> but but Winfield has really outplayed Bates in these head-to-head matchups because yes. Baker Mayfield has stayed away from Jesse Bates. He has not thrown the ball in harm's way. And so I think that was kind of influenced by Bates' coverage on Mike Evans over the top. Um, you're giving an opportunity for a ball hawk to make a lot of plays if you throw a lot of those volume targets to Mike. And I think that was a big reason why. Again, it all boiled down to, to turnovers, Matt. Desmond Ritter threw the interception at Carlton Davis that led to Bucks points. Yep. He had the sack fumble in the end zone that led to a, to a safety. Baker Mayfield, for as, as bad as he played up until those last two throws to Chris Godwin, 32-yard catch and run, and the 11-yard touchdown to Kate Otten, as bad as he played, no turnovers. That and those two young way coup missed field goals yes. were the difference in the game. And, and Baker does deserve credit for that. Because remember in training no camp when he threw all those interceptions and yeah. everyone was like, oh, well, Kyle Trask isn't throwing interceptions, but Baker is. Right. When the going got tough, when the regular season came around, in previous years and part of the knock of Baker Mayfield throughout his whole career up until signing with the Buccaneers is that sometimes he tries to do too much and he, he turns the ball over way too yeah. much. That has not been the case when he's come to the Buccaneers. Yes, he has interceptions on the season. Right. You're hard-pressed to find any quarterback in the league including the great Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Mahomes that go a whole season without interceptions. It just doesn't happen. Baker's touchdown to interception ratio is, is really great. And every single Bucks fan would sign up for that touchdown to interception ratio. Sure. They would like a little bit more, but you know, that's, that's the cards that the Bucks have been dealt with, dealt with comma yeah. with Baker Mayfield coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But yeah. I, I appreciate that we got that super chat from Vise because um, Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield both did talk about having a game where both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin each produce and, and get the ball. It's something that I asked last uh, yeah. during the game as well. Why is it that, okay, finally Chris Godwin has a somewhat productive game, right. six receptions, over 50 yards, and then Mike is nowhere to be found. Uh, Bowles and Baker both address this topic. This is out of that constant cover two. And like you said, they've been challenged you to run the ball and you've started to do it. Do you foresee a, a time when both Chris and Mike are both contributing at 
at the same time? It seems like they've been kind of taking one or the other uh, out. Well, hopefully, you know, that, that the run game, we got to do it more consistently for them to do that and make them do that. But when that happens, regardless of whether it happens or not, try to, if we get Chris and Mike both going at the same time, we're a dangerous team. Can you envision that around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, We'd love to have that, um, you know, but football's the, it's the weird sport where some guys have unbelievable games and some guys are kind of just role players. But um, yeah, we, we'd love to be able to have both those guys having huge games. And yeah, it comes down to being able to move them around different spots, present different looks, um, not letting them dictate how, you know, we're gonna play offense based on coverage. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we try and be multiple formation wise, motion guys over and do certain things. But um, yeah, Falcons presented us with some issues. And so we, we're gonna have to learn and grow from there. Um, and, and part of the reason why maybe Mike wasn't involved as much, and this is something that uh, you had talked to with um, Todd and Baker today, is because the Bucks ran so well in that fourth quarter, like yeah. they purposely had those safeties back because they didn't like want Mike to take over the game. Yeah. So then they relied on Rashad White to, right. to take over the game. And the Bucks running game is trending in the right direction with That's over right. 100 rushing yards in, in their last three games. You're right, Matt. And, and that's that's the whole key is if, if a team is going to stay in that cover two shell, right, you can't bring a safety down in the box and play cover two unless you're playing with 12 defenders, right, which is illegal. So yes. if you're playing cover two, both those safeties are back. You can't load the box with an extra safety and walk him down there. So what the Buccaneers want to get to is, is the, where they're playing yo-yo defense, right, where it's cover two, um, and then when you see cover two, you check to a run and you run against that front because the offensive line and, and the running back and the running game has developed and progressed enough to where you can rip off a six or 10 yard run. Right. And that's like, that's key. It's like, fine. You want to give us that look? We'll take it now because we can do it. And, and we're going to, we're going to bring up second and four, or we're going to you know go from first and 10 to first and 10 again with a 10 yard run. Then that once that happens enough and the Falcons really didn't make this adjustment, they stayed in cover two pretty much the whole game. But what you want to see is you want to see a, a defense play yo-yo with the safeties where they're cover two and the, Oh shoot, they're running the ball against us. Now they bring the yeah. safety up in the box. Now they're forced to play cover one, cover three, et cetera, with a single high safety. That's going to present a one-on-one -on -one opportunity just because of the lack of numbers. One-on-one -on -one opportunity with either Mike or Chris outside. And, and if it's going to be cover one, then you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one outside, right, with, with both those guys. So, But that's going to come when teams start to take the Buccaneers' run game seriously. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later, Matt. As you mentioned, three straight 100-yard rushing games. I want to say it was 120 against the Colts, 125 against the Panthers, 148 against the Falcons. This is a, a unit that's trending in the right way for the Buccaneers, uh, you know, offense and what they're able to do. Now, the Packers defense, yeah. I'll say this, they've got some guys that can get to the quarterback, right? I mean, they're, they they're, they're pass rushers up front. Uh, that's what they do well. That's Kenny Clark right there. He's posed problems with the Buccaneers uh, before. This is him sacking Patrick Mahomes. But, Matt, this defensive front for the Packers has been like a sieve in the running game. Green Bay's run defense is ranked 31st in the league. They gave up 202 yards rushing, 71 to scrambles by Tommy DeVito of the Giants. And they're, they're allowing an average of 141.8 yards per game. 
And against a Buccaneer team that just ran for 148 yards against the Falcons. Now, granted, the Falcons didn't have their defensive starters in there at tackle. Grady Jarrett, David Anyamata, they lost Contavious Street. Their, their other defensive tackle was filling in for one of those guys in the game. So the Bucs took full advantage of that. At the same time, even with their starters, now they didn't have Quay Walker in this last game, and he's he's one of their top tacklers. He's a linebacker. But this is a Packers team, even when they're at full strength on defense, that gives up a lot of running yards. They and I do. think Tampa Bay can see some opportunities here on Sunday to get Rashad White going again. They do, Scott. I have some of the numbers in front of me, and they are absolutely staggering. If you go back to uh, their Week 10 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have, at that at that point, had an atrocious passing game, and you knew they wanted to run the football. And granted, these are uh, the total number of uh, rushing yards that they allowed, so I'm sure there's QB rushes and everything yeah. else in between there. It all counts, though. 205 against the Steelers. This is this is the rushing yards the Packers have allowed. 205 against the Steelers. 150 their next game against the Chargers. 140 at the Lions, 148 at the Chiefs and 209 against the Giants on Monday Night Football. That wow. is absolutely staggering yeah. staggering numbers. But to the Packers credit, in those games they lost to the Steelers, they beat the Chargers, they beat the Lions, who the Bucs could not do. And the yeah. Lions are a pretty damn good team. I know they lost to the Bears, but nonetheless, they're going to win their division. And they also beat the Chiefs. That's right. <laughs> despite doing that. Yeah. So a little bit of a mixed bag. It's going to be a question of, can the Bucs continue to keep that ground game going, which has gone in the right direction, but with guys missing, with other players out, at least the Bucs offensively running the football are quite yeah. healthy. Um but we'll see what kind of the answer is for this one against the Packers. Thank you to Paul Bowen for that $1.99 super chat with the follow-up question. When do we get to start talking about Bill Belichick as head coach? So, yeah, that was a big report today that came out that it looks like that Belichick and the Patriots are going to uh, part ways after the season. Yeah. I hope Belichick ends up going to, like, the Washington Commanders. I don't know. Yeah. You would want to go there where you have to play against the Cowboys and the Eagles twice a season. Um, you know, Peter Report has written stories about it, about reports about Belichick and the Buccaneers. But I got to give credit to uh, our main man, T Crad. Yeah. As Nikki from the uh, Ronnie T Crad show, because he brought up an idea, and obviously he would have to become available as a head coach. But he said to keep an eye on Mike Tomlin and the. Yeah with the Steelers. Now, I don't know. The Steelers are very, 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 very picky when it comes to, like, actually deciding to part ways with the coach. I mean, they went yeah. from power to Mike Tomlin, and, you know, they've had two coaches in, like, 40 years. So right. they really have to heavily consider moving on from a coach. But I would much rather have Mike Tomlin than Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, especially considering his connection to Tampa. Yeah, especially considering that with Bill Belichick, I mean, he's going to be 72 next year. So there's no longevity. I mean, um, Bruce Arians was an older coach, and the Bucks got him for three years, and he retired, right? I mean, they didn't expect him to retire in 2022, but he did. Yeah. So I, I, I've i written it. I just put it in the chat. Um, I, I the, the Lasers have to say no to Bill Belichick, too. At the same time, 
you know, he's, he's not drafted well. And I think even if you pair him with Jason Light, uh, even though there's a relationship there, I, you know, Jason wants to be general manager. I think he's earned that right. He's got a Super Bowl ring on his finger. Yeah. Um, and and you know, he can help pick the players, but it's ultimately whoever Bill Belichick goes, it's going to be Bill's team. He's going to have final say in the draft, final say in free agency. And, you know, he might have someone like Jason help facilitate and do some draft study and free agency, you know, roundups and stuff. But I don't think Jason necessarily wants to have, you know, he doesn't want to be demoted in terms of, of leading the way from the team's personnel department. I haven't spoken to him about it, but I yeah. imagine that's the case. I don't think he deserves that. So Belichick's going to be a guy, he's going to be the de facto general manager and head coach wherever he goes. And, you know, if, if he's 61, maybe it's a different story. This, this guy I think is hanging around to see if he can get two or three more seasons worth of wins to topple Don Shula, and then yeah. he's done. He's retired. And, and so there's there's no longevity here. And uh, I, I think he's lost his touch, too. I mean, he, he hasn't done squat without Tom Brady. He really hasn't. He's he's picked a couple quarterbacks, Mac Jones being a first-rounder. Yeah. He, you know, he's not, he's not good. Uh, he had Cam Newton. He's got Bailey Zappi. Um, I, I, I think that when it's all said and done – and I'm taking nothing away from the legend that is Bill Belichick. He's a great defensive mind. Uh, great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Game day tactician. But in terms of, of team assembly, um, the magic is gone. The, the luster is off Bill Belichick. And we have to look back and say, a lot of it was Tom Brady. Yeah. Really oh, yeah. Was. I mean, yeah. It clearly. really was. It, it, it's evident at that point. I do think there is... Not not for the Bucks, but in the NFL in general, I do think there is a situation where a team would be in favor of having Bill Belichick as their head coach because there is a lot of fame, a lot of allure that comes with it. He's yeah. arguably the greatest coach of all time. But I think he would have to go to a situation. I'm really like pinpointing the Chargers in yeah. this type of thing where Correct. they have their franchise quarterback. They have their Bingo. quarterback of the future. Yep. Belichick just needs to go out and look for one. And I know the Chiefs are obviously the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, but you go to that AFC West and the Broncos have started to make a run, but like, I don't trust them in the long run, especially in long term with, with Russell Wilson, the Raiders seem to spiral every single year, yeah. year in and year out. So if I'm the chargers, I would probably want bill Belichick, but not if you're the Buccaneers where I you agree. have a super bowl winning general manager in Jason light, um, yeah. Washington again. I don't know why. You'd want that either, but uh, Kathy Gillespie says, uh, can't we stick to talking about the upcoming game since that is the theme of Peter Report? <laughs> Enough with the coaching for the minute, please. Kathy, totally, totally right. understand your point, but you just had a super chat, the answer though. to Super so, Chat question. Yep. You know our rule, Kathy, because you are a great fan and you watch yep. us um, all the time. You know that if you Super Chat us, we make sure we answer your question 
Really, regardless of what the topic is, there is a topic that I want to talk about right now, though, and that's Celsius Energy Drinks, which is the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Check out their new flavor, the Cosmic Vibe. Check out all their flavors, the Oasis Vibe, my personal favorite, the Arctic Vibe. And you see all the great flavors on the screen there, from the sparkling watermelon to the sparkling orange, the peach mango, the tropical vibe, and so on and so forth. There's no sugar in these energy drinks. There is no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product. So if you want to know where to get a Celsius energy drink, maybe you just moved to a new area, like you're my brother and his wife who just moved to the Tampa area. Maybe um, you know, you're on vacation somewhere in the States. Or maybe you've never tried Celsius before and you want to have it for the first time. That's awesome. We got you. Go to the Celsius store locator on the Celsius website. Punch in your address and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be at a Walmart, a 7-Eleven, a health and fitness store, a Target. Or it could be your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you run into Yaya, Diaby, and you're like, wow, I want... Celsius so much. I want to get it in bulk, like a Yaya Tiafi. I want to get it so much of it. You can buy it in bulk. Go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. You have it sent to your residence really whenever you want. You're in charge. You're the captain now. Could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Shout out to Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Um, on that topic of super chats, we have a couple more to get to. <laughs> Kathy with the super chat. There you have it. LOL. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much. You know what? Yeah. Control your own destiny. Like the yeah. Bucks can, if they win out, they they would win the NFC South. You, like the Bucks, are controlling your own destiny right. right now. So at the thank end of the you, day, Kathy. yeah. I was gonna say, at the end of the day, this is your show, Peter. People, Matt yeah. and I are here just to inform and entertain you, but we we do it at your pleasure. So it is yes. it is your show. You guys. At times, we'll throw out a topic. Today is Bucks versus Packers preview, but you guys will ultimately dictate where the show ends up going for a minute or two here or there. So we appreciate the Super Chats as always. We have another one, Matt. Yes, we do. And thank you again, Kathy, for the $5 Super Chat. Thank you to Kelly Dwight Fields for the $4.99 Super Chat. He says, I like Baker, but he's not the answer. Can't wait to see Trask play. Uh, appreciate the Super Chat, but I, I mean, at this point, I don't see it happening. Like, they just... They are in the thick of things and will essentially be in the thick of things for the rest of the season. Regardless of what happens to the Packers and the Jaguars, you still got that game against the Saints, which will still matter. It will still mean a lot. And at that point, because they're not going to be done, because even That's if right. they lose this week and um, and the Saints win and the Falcons, or I forgot who they're playing. I'll have to look that up real quick. Um, regardless, at worst, the Bucs are going to be a game out. Yeah, Saints uh, are playing the Giants. Okay. At home. And then the, the Falcons play at Carolina. Okay. So Falcons more than likely are going to beat the, the Carolina Panthers, but yeah. you know, again, the giants are the most talked about team in football right now because of Tommy, because of Tommy DeVito. DeVito. Because of Tommy DeVito uh, and his agent. <laughs> yeah. um, but nonetheless, <laughs> like the giants have momentum right now. So you yeah. cannot tell me right now after doing the show at 4 31 PM, on a Wednesday yeah. on December 13th. You can't tell me right now that it is a lock that the Saints are going to That's beat right. the New York Giants. The Giants are one game out of uh, being in contention for the playoffs. Right. Oh, sorry, the wild card. Well, playoffs, yeah. but the getting yeah. in through the wild card, which... You're right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, the, the last team in right now, the number seven seed, 
is the six and seven Green Bay Packers, yeah. <laughs> which are the third the third ranked team in the NFC North. So, and and actually, that's going to be the topic of tomorrow's show because if the Buccaneers don't win the NFC South, let's say the Saints beat them in Tampa on New Year's Eve, uh, or if the Falcons end up winning the division, there's still a chance the Buccaneers could get in as a wild card because there's so yeah. many teams right now bottled neck at six and seven with 500, or I should say sub-500 records. It's not that way in the AFC, Matt. AFC, it's full yeah. of eight and six teams, right? But but now there's there's so many teams, or I should say eight and five or, or seven and, and six, but there's so many six and seven teams in the NFC right now. So the, the Buccaneers, it didn't seem this way before, but they might have two paths that they can get into the postseason as a wild card or as a division champion. We'll talk about that on the show tomorrow. But um, I just put in the chat, I did a video, Peter Pulse video last week about Kyle Trask possibly starting if and when this team does get eliminated from playoff contention, but it, it does come with some peril as it pertains to Baker Mayfield for next year. So make sure you watch that Peter pulse back to our Packers uh, bucks preview. Yeah. Just and yeah, go ahead, man. One thing I do want to say about Baker, I, I do believe he has to pick his game up. You look at the last two games. Oh yeah. He, his completion percentage is identical. If you watch uh, my cousin, Vinny, uh, identical at 48.3%. Yeah. That is not good. That That's is not, not good NFL by any means. Yeah. And granted, as we already talked about, the Bucks have ran the ball better in the past yes. couple of weeks. And thank goodness so, they have. Uh, yeah, because they would be screwed if yeah. uh, if they weren't able to run the football. Because uh, 48.3% is – that's game – that's worse than game manager yeah. numbers. And the Bucks' offense isn't good enough for Baker just to be a game manager unless – Something's really popping off, like whether it was Mike Evans two weeks ago or right. the run game uh, last week. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, 144 yards. And yeah. there's 29 passing attempts in both, right. both weeks, 14 to 29. So yeah. it's not like the Bucks are just refusing to throw the football. They're sure. still attempting to. But 144 yards, 202 against Carolina, 199 against Indy. And granted, he, he was playing that game injured. Yeah. I mean, those – this is you know, very pedestrian why, numbers. Yeah, very yeah. pedestrian. We're not trying to be box score watchers because right. the eye test, Baker Mayfield hasn't really passed it either. Right. Um, he's lucky that Desmond Ritter was the worst quarterback out of the two um, yeah. on Sunday's game against the Falcons. There's no question he needs to pick his game up. But again, when you win, it, it helps mask a lot of the other deficiencies. And the Bucs have won two in a row, and they won the game that they needed to win against the Falcons. Yeah, and you know what? His two best throws of the game were his yes. last two, right? In, the 32-yard catch time. and run. Yeah. In the clutch, absolutely. And and then that 11-yarder to, to Kate Otten. So uh, when it mattered the most, you know, he came through. But, Matt, I, to your point, which is a great one, if he doesn't play as bad as he does throughout the game, they're not in position where they need this go-ahead touchdown at the very end, yeah. right? I mean, they're they're putting more points on the board. They've got a lead on on the the Falcons if that's the case. So, yeah, we'll see. He does need to pick up. There's no doubt. Make sure that um, that you're picking up our coverage on game day at Pewter oh, yeah. Game Day. That's right. Bucks at Packers this Sunday. Uh, kickoff is at one o'clock with the live in-game analysis with uh, Maddie Diamonds. Live pregame show at noon. So make sure you guys have been great when it comes to your participation. We encourage you guys to, to get in uh, on the action here. 
and join us on Pewter Report TV. That's where you can check out Pewter Game Day starting at noon on Sunday. And then, of course, we will be back um, after the game, about an hour or so after the game for our post-game Pewter Report podcast. So make sure you check that out, uh, both of which sponsored by Celsius, of course, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. Yeah, and what's fun about this game, Scott, and you and I were talking about it today when we were at the Bucks facility. Yes, Bucks falcons is always fun. Bucks saints I think, is the biggest rivalry, at least right now, between these two teams. But yeah. it's fun that the Bucs are playing another team that, and even Baker Mayfield said it today, it's on a bit of a similar trajectory, both record-wise and yeah. like where this team wants to be, and they've had great players leave in recent years. Now, Packers are a little bit different because they think they have their quarterback of the future with Jordan Love, where the Bucs, more than likely, it looks like they're going to get something to the draft this season or next season or or whatever. But this game is kind of fun because you've kind of seen the good with both teams and you've seen the bad with both teams. And you kind of don't know who's going to show up uh, when these two teams meet. And again, because the playoffs are, are on the line or playoff positioning is definitely super, super important in this one. Uh, I think it makes it a little bit more exciting than kind of the most re- recent games that we've seen with the Bucks. Yeah, no doubt. And when you look at, at uh, Matt LaFleur, just had this picture up here with Jordan Love. LaFleur, and this has been talked about kind of ad nauseum, but the Packers are 16-0 at home at Lambeau Field in December under yeah. Matt LaFleur. So all they do is win up there. The Packers have won their last three home games, including a, a, a tough one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So th- they're a better team when they play at home. Jordan Love did have some struggles. Maybe it was due to not having his full arsenal of weapons out there. Again, they lost some receivers late in the game with Wicks and Reed getting injured, and and they didn't have Christian Watson to begin with. But when you look at at Jordan Love's numbers against the Giants, 218 yards, one touchdown, one interception. As you said, he was kind of under siege, and uh, and that affected his play. But in, in the three games Prior to that, these are wins over the Chargers, 23-20, over the Detroit Lions at Detroit on Thanksgiving, 29-22, which is a big upset. Very impressive win. Huge, big-time impressive win. Really outplayed Jared Goff. And then outplaying Patrick Mahomes in that 27-19 win against Kansas City at Lambeau. In those three games, Jordan Love had two touchdowns, no interceptions, 67.5% completion percentage against the Chargers. 68.8% 68.8% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interceptions against the Lions, and a head-to-head against Pat Mahomes, 69.4% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So that that's an impressive streak that Baker Mayfield or any quarterback would love to have, combining for eight touchdowns in three games and no picks. And that's a big reason why the Packers won those games, and it's been a big reason why the Packers have kind of had so of a bit of a resurgence after a very slow start. I want to say they were two and five to start the season. And then they've gone on a tear winning um, four out of the last five games yeah. uh, up until that loss. So actually five out of the last uh, six games. So they, they've really got a good thing going and it's better at Lambeau. The, the biggest key will be, again, how many of these wide receivers are going to be able to suit up because Jaden Reed did have concussion like symptoms there. Uh, we've we've talked about the fact that the Christian Watson, who played in, in uh, Plant High School yeah. down here in Tampa, he suffered a hamstring injury against the Chiefs on an end around in that game. Missed last week's game. Is he going to be available this week? 
We're not sure about that. Romeo Dobbs might be the lone healthy receiver. He's more of a possession guy for Jordan yeah. Love um, and, and has seven touchdowns. So he's kind of the, the red zone threat for them. Uh, Jaden Reed, 48 catches for 540 yards, five touchdowns. Almost identical numbers with Romeo Dobbs, 49 catches, 537 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then Watson, when he's healthy, he's missed four games this year. 28 catches, 422 yards, five touchdowns, but a 15.1-yard average. He's their deep threat. He's their speed guy. And their offense certainly just wasn't the same against the Giants without Christian Watson in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Christian Watson, his speed alone is something like regardless of how many catches he's making or, or anything like that, his speed alone has to be accounted for. Yeah. And we saw the Falcons try to take advantage of that against the Bucs last week. We saw a lot of Zion McCollum against yeah. Scotty Miller. And if you remember from that first Bucks Packer, or Bucks Falcons game, Scotty Miller had a big play down the field. It he wasn't did. for a touchdown, but it got them into, into scoring range. Falcons trying to do that again, and they weren't able to. But can Christian Watson do a little bit more than Scotty Miller? Yes, yeah. I, I, I think so. The Bucks, obviously they want Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but the production that the Packers are getting from a multitude of receivers when they're all healthy, yeah. that's what the Bucks wish they had, man. I get, right. it's, I get it's the Mike and Chris show, but really it's just been the Mike show featuring opening act Chris Godwin occasionally. Yeah. But, I mean, they wish they got anything from Trey Palmer. They wish right. that, you know, Rakim Jarrett had his moments here and there, but then yeah. he went, he's gone with a quad injury. Devin Tompkins, his biggest contribution on offense is the touchdown against the Saints and yeah. a couple of end-arounds that they do, like, once right. every other week. So the Bucs wish they had that group production. Yeah, they really have four guys that, yeah, that, can, and, that can make plays. It's just how many of those guys are going to be able to play. Exactly, but, which which yeah. makes it much more tougher to um, account for. And I get that every week is a week-by-week -week league, but I yeah. also I don't think you can just look at how poorly Jordan Love played against the Giants right? without even discounting like what he did against the Chiefs, what he did on Thanksgiving against the Lions. Yeah. So I almost think what he did against those two great teams outweighs what he did poorly against the New York Giants. Because yeah, in a sense, Scott, he sort of had a Baker Mayfield game where he looked atrocious, yeah. atrocious at the time. And I think the wind at MetLife Stadium, it's always usually very windy there. Right. I think that really played as big of a factor and they as almost else. won. It came down and, to a last So that, that's what I was going to say. For everything that we said about Baker, of he played poorly the whole game, but he made two big throws at the end, including the touchdown. The Packers got the lead on a touchdown pass from Jordan Love. The Packers got the lead with about a minute and 15 to go, and then yeah. the defense blew it. That's not on Jordan Love. That's right. He put his team in a position to win. So you also have to take that into consideration. I think Jordan Love is going to play – so much better this week. I agree. We'll find out who's going to be healthy. And even if Aaron Jones isn't healthy, I mean, A.J. Dillon's a – I actually – if Devin White doesn't play, K.J. Britt hitting against A.J. Dillon is a matchup that I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, because KJ Britt, that's worth the price of admission right yeah, there. Yeah, because he brings that thump. He yeah. brings that thump, kind of like Jordan Whitehead did back in the day, but he's a safety that against A.J. Dillon, very, very cool. The other quadzilla, uh, him and, and Saquon Barkley <laughs> yeah. that they talked about. So that's a little fun matchup to watch in of itself. Yeah. For, uh, Speaking Bucks of the, those receivers we were talking about, Todd Bowles talked about those guys today. Did he not, Matt? Yes, he did. Let's get to that video. It's uh, a lot of Todd talking about the wide receivers. 
Um, the second part of the video, he talks about Jordan Love. And then uh, Baker Mayfield talks about playing at um, at Lambeau Field as well because uh, he's, he's played there twice in his career, including last season. One receiver up there in Green Bay, but they've got a young collective group with Reed and Dobbs and Watson and Wicks when, when they're healthy that, that look like they're pretty promising targets for Jordan Love. What, what um, problems does that group face or present to you guys on Sunday? Because any one of those guys can really step up for Jordan Love. Now, the biggest thing about this week, these, these guys are young, but they're route runners. Normally, you either face speed guys or big guys that can catch. They got size, speed, and they got precision. You know, they're very good route runners. They have very good hands, and they compete. So at any point in time, any one of them can beat you. That's what makes it hard about these guys. They're all pretty much on the same level. They're very good football players. Might not have heard the name, but if you watch them play, those guys can play. Very poised. He understands the offense. He's great play action. Uh, when the play breaks down, he can buy time to make a play. Or he can use his feet to run with the ball. There's nothing panicking about the guy. I mean, he sat behind Aaron for a couple of years. He, he, he's very poised in the pocket. I think he's a good football player. Uh, have you? Yeah. Um, Challenging place. I mean, what makes it so difficult, especially in December? I've uh, only played there in December, so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of hit or miss on the weather what you're going to get, but. Yeah, guys just have to be prepared for, for the grass. That, that's something that I learned pretty quickly. It, it's slick uh, this late in the year. Obviously, it's not in the best condition. It's a little bit longer, so you got to be ready for that. Just um, And then in the football aspect, it's it's a historical place. Um, I grew up a huge Brett Favre fan, so first time I got to go there, it was, you know, just kind of take it all in pregame. And when it comes down to it, it it's still the football field when the game comes. But, um, yeah, it, it's a special place to play, and it's a great opportunity for us in this uh, into the season push that, that we have coming on. They're, they're in a similar situation as us, so it's going to be a good matchup. By the way, we uh, sticking with the run game, we have a $10 super chat from Richie P. So thank you very much to Richie, who says, any news on Sean Tucker? Dot, dot, dot. I know you mentioned that his blocking needs work, but the guy ran a 4-3-3-40. I would hope he gets an opportunity once Rashad White gets over 1,000. Yeah, I don't know. I think Chase Edmonds really with with the command performance as a backup, eight carries, yeah. 40 yards, five point average, certainly um, deserves that number two running back spot. And I, I don't think Sean Tucker is going to see the field much except for on special teams if he's active. Uh, interesting note, too, is Edmonds did really well on turf. I don't think he's played that well on grass. And the field up there in Lambeau this time of year is kind of chewed up. It's slick. The grass is longer, so footing might be an issue. We'll have to see if Chase Edmonds, who has struggled at times with uh, with some footing, um, if, if that is going to be one of those those things. We just got the injury report. That's why the picture of A.J. Dillon up there, because it's quite long. Let's go to that, Matt. Um, so here we've got for the Buccaneers, we talked about this at the top of the show. Uh, these are the players that did not participate. Carlton Davis, groin. Will Golston, knee, ankle, Chris Godwin, knee, Ryan Neal, back, Zach Triner, elbow, Vita Vea, toe, Devin White, foot. So those were not participants. Jim Dean did return to practice in a limited capacity with this ankle and foot injury. The Buccaneers conducted a walkthrough, so this practice report is an estimation, as we talked about earlier. Now, this is where it gets interesting for the Packers, yeah, because the Packers' injury list is long. These are the players that did not participate and according to Green Bay, the Packers did not even practice on Wednesday. So this practice report is an estimation. I guess they just had film work, 
but they didn't even do a walkthrough according to this press or, or press release here from the Packers for their injuries. These are the players that did not participate. A.J. Dillon, thumb, did not participate. Darnell Savage, safety, shoulder, didn't participate. Quay Walker, who was out last week with a shoulder injury, the linebacker, did not participate. Christian Watson with a hamstring, the wide receiver, did not participate. And as we mentioned and during the show, Dontavian Wicks, the rookie receiver, got hurt with an ankle injury at the New York Giants game. He did not participate. These players practiced in a limited fashion. Jair Alexander, the cornerback with the shoulder, they're expecting him to come back. Kingsley Ngbari, the linebacker with the toe injury, was limited. Elton Jenkins, shoulder, he's a guard tackle, limited. Uh, Aaron Jones, the running back with the knee. Again, they're hopeful he returns this week. He's limited. Um, Kayshawn Nixon, the cornerback, quadriceps, limited. Jonathan Owens, safety, knee, limited. Jaden Reed, the wide receiver with the ankle. So I guess he's out of concussion uh, questions there. Uh, limited. And then the last participant that was uh, was on there in a limited fashion was TJ Slayton, defensive tackle, quadriceps. And then Eric Stokes, their cornerback, he's designated to return from injured reserve. He's within that 21-day window. He was a full participant with a, a corner with a uh, hamstring injury, but they've really kind of been banged up at cornerback, and they really would love to have Jair Alexander back. I know Rasul uh, Douglas has played well, but he's the other guy that is one of their, their top corners. They'd love to have him back uh, as well as, um, as Quay Walker. I'm not sure if Walker's going to make it back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week, but it looks like Aaron Jones will, will be coming back. And that's good news because if A.J. Dillon's thumb keeps him out of the game, they the Packers need Aaron Jones to play in this game. Yeah, my fantasy team wouldn't prefer that because I have AJ Dillon, but that's uh, that's all right. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even really know what to make of a of a injury list of what well, we didn't practice. This is what yeah. I don't know. Cause, estimations, cause, yeah, yeah, because it's just like ah, screw it, let's just make them limited. Like I don't yeah. know, I, I don't know how much that that really makes a, a huge difference. But yeah, I mean, like it's I guess it comes down to would you rather go up against AJ Dillon or or, or Aaron Jones? Yeah. One's a little bit quicker. One brings a little bit more of that that power, um, which I think in cold weather situations you, you want to deal with um, a little bit less. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is, for both of these teams, it's going to come down to the wire on Friday for yeah. like who's going to play. I mean, you heard Todd Bowles say when we played the video earlier, just a lot of game time decisions. Uh, yeah. Let's get to the super chat though from Moises Sousa. Thank you, Moises, for the four ninety nine super chat. It says, "Will the team be okay?" if we don't play Devin White for the rest of the season. Yeah. I totally think so. Yes. I totally think so. Yeah. Shout out to KJ Britt. Shout out to JJ Russell for their efforts. Tarase Dennis, as previously discussed on the show, is more of a replacement for um, Levante David, but I'm sure if the situation presented itself, this team's fine without Devin White. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Don't even worry about next season. 
worry about Levante David coming back next season. Don't even worry about what Tampa Bay's defense will look like without Devin White because we've seen it and they've been able to survive. Like they yeah. to win games, they've been able to keep close in games. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry at all about Devin White. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, we've seen now in two weeks, J.J. Russell performed better than Devin White. K.J. Britt performed better than Devin White. So I'm with you. I I think we've seen less mistakes from both of those linebackers. We've seen better play, more consistent play, more effort. I mean, for K.J. Britt to run laterally down the line of scrimmage, stand there by the goal line and track down B. John Robinson and make that tackle at the two-yard line, that was some speed. I wasn't sure K.J. Britt had, to be perfectly frank with you, but – he really made a, an impact play right there. Yeah, he did. Um, absolutely. And maybe not Devin having Devin White in the game may uh, may force you to rethink whether or not you would take the over or the under when yeah. uh, the Bucks and the Packers face each other on Sunday afternoon. So, of course, if you, if you want to bet on this game, head on over to mybookie.ag and bet on – Packers versus the Bucks bet on all different types of football and all different types of sports because they're all going on right now. If you found a hundred dollar bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it. So don't pass up a chance at easy cash with my bookie. Mybookie.ag has the biggest online section, a selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. So you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Been on the NFL college bowl games. Can't wait with three more days away until uh, all the bowl games kick off or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. So make your winning move today. Sign up at my bookie using the promo code pewter. That's P E W T E R and claim your deposit match redeemable up to a thousand dollars. So that's just free money in your my bookie bank account that you can use to uh, bet on all the great sports that we were just talking about. So even if you learn from plant city math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So again, that's promo code pewter P E W T E R to claim your bonus experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Also check out their uh, online casino. If you want to play roulette, blackjack, poker, um, all that fun stuff, craps as well. So uh, shout out to mybookie.ag. Yes. Um, so I think the other thing we need to kind of talk about uh, in this this game is is just um, the Buccaneers have a little bit of momentum now, right? They've won two games. Yeah. They're back on top of the NFC South. I think just from from a mentality standpoint, right? Uh, their running game is going. Um, they're they're getting better play from at certain plays, uh, certain positions, cornerbacks. Zion McCollum's really stepped up. Defensive tackle, right. Elijah Cansey stepped up. Outside linebacker, Yaya Diaby. Yaya Diaby has has made more plays. Um, the running game is is going now. It's becoming a strength. It's like th- this is a team that's starting to click on some some real cylinders here. And, and they've got these two really – tough games back to back, right? Going up to Lambeau and playing the Packers up there is different than if they were to play down here in, in Tampa. Agreed. Okay. So this is a tough game, even though you've got two teams with six and seven records. Then you've got that new year's Eve game against the Jacksonville Jaguars 
and it just got tightened up a little bit with the Jaguars, um, you know, getting smacked around by Joe Flacco of all, of all yeah. people. It was a week to be an Italian quarterback, Matt. Oh, and hey, oh, you. I just shoot the ball. I just shoot the ball. It's a great to make a meal. <laughs> so, I mean, the Cleveland Browns really smacked around the Jaguars. And so the Jaguars are going to have a lot to play for on Christmas. That's Christmas Eve. That's going to be a tough game as well. Yeah. So in order for the Buccaneers to, you know, to be able to beat the Jaguars, I think they're going to have to, to beat the Packers. And it's just like we said, in order for this team to go up there to Atlanta and beat the Falcons, they had to beat the Panthers. That's why it sounds very elementary and rudimentary in terms of just like take it one week at a time. But you can get some confidence stacking these late season wins. And if they if they win against the Packers, Man, I think it increases their chances of of beating the uh, the the Jacksonville Jaguars the next week. Not to look too far ahead, but yeah. that's really what's at stake this week, Matt. As well as you know, going up against a team that you might come down to head to head, you know, with yeah, the, when all, it comes to playoff position. It's all about the tiebreakers again. Another team you see right there in the mix, and they just made a quarterback change with the Vikings. Bucks have yeah. the head to head matchup against the Vikings, going all the way back to Week One, and if anything. It gives you a little pitfall. It's like, well, if you beat the Packers but then lose to one of these other teams, you still have that extra game uh, in the column that that you were able to win. So that's really important. Um, and we got a super chat. So thank you to Matt Bucks fan for the five dollars super chat. Can we get a three hundred yard game out of Baker this week? Is it possible in this offense? It's possible in the offense, but everything that we just laid out <clears throat> with the Packers being egregious in stopping the run yeah the bucks running the ball better than they have all season um that would not be something i would bet on i I do not think baker mayfield's gonna throw for 300 he may not throw for 300 this season uh, but that's not exactly how the bucks operate on the offensive side of the ball so appreciate the super chat i would not predict baker to throw for 300 yeah, he's he's really got to play better. You would hate to see Baker play well at periods this season where he's resuscitated his career, but ultimately, if he doesn't pick it up down the stretch here, he could be the reason why the Buccaneers don't make the playoffs, uh, and that would that would really be kind of crushing because he's been kind of a good feel good story here, uh, in in Tampa for how he's rebounded and and you know really. The 20 touchdowns, eight interceptions, that, that's a good ratio for anybody, you know. Um, so he's he's kind of been the guy for the Buccaneers to fill the Tom Brady shoes, which are, you know, not a lot of quarterbacks would come in would want to come in and fill yeah. Tom Brady's shoes um, because he's the GOAT, of course, and uh, Baker Mayfield's done it. Kind of like, you know, Eric Gross is the GOAT when it comes to real estate in the Tampa Bay area, as right? I mean, he is the pro bowler that you want on your team when it comes to buying or selling uh, a home for you. Uh, it takes a full team effort to win a football game. It takes a full team effort to win a real estate. Eric Gross knows that. He's done hundreds of transactions in the state of Florida, across the country, in the Tampa Bay area. He knows this area, this market, like the back of his hand as a Tampa native, as a Pewter Report reader. He's dialed into to Tampa Bay. So the conversation might start with football and then go quickly to real estate where he can help you out. So give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. Or visit his website, housesinfla.com. He's got uh, 12 days of Christmas giveaway right now on Facebook uh, at the Eric Gross Group. So make sure you check out his Facebook page for some free giveaways. Uh, it's it's a great uh, 
a way that Eric and, and the Eric Gross Group give back. Their clients are not just transactions, they're lifelong friendships. So Eric's the kind of guy you're going to want on your team when you're buying or selling a home. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. Make sure you visit housesandfla.com. Uh, still some discussion about Baker. Some don't want Baker. Some are like, oh, I'll take Baker with this amount of uh, <clears throat> touchdowns and interceptions that he has. Yeah. All makes for good discussion. It does. It does. And it's going to be discussed even more on the Pewter Game Day live show. Uh, the pregame show starts at noon this Sunday. Make sure you check that out on Pewter Report TV. And then the live in-game analysis with Matt Matera and other Pewter reporters at 1 o'clock Eastern time. So be there or be square, as they used to say back in the day. Make sure you're also visiting a couple of other places, right, Matt? Yeah, that's right. Uh, please follow us on all of our social media, on X, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report. And our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We got uh, you know various clips from practice each day. Um, Scott's Peter Pulse. I got Peter Picks and Props, the podcast four times a week. A lot of great, fun stuff over there. Um, so make sure you check it out. We're going to have another show tomorrow. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the overall playoff positioning for the Bucs. Obviously, they want to win the end of the yeah. That doesn't work out. How they can still get into the wild card round. Obviously, beating the Packers would take them a long way. We'll look yeah. at who else is uh, in the hunt, as uh, the graphic likes to show all the time. But uh, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Appreciate everybody for watching. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We love you, Peter people. And we'll see we you do. tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Hey, oh, I forgot about it. Out.